Hello from Cyberry and Delinea, and welcome to the show. If you've been enjoying the Cyberry podcast or 401 Access Denied, then make sure to like, follow, and subscribe so that you don't miss any future episodes. We'd love to hear from you. Join the discussion by leaving us a comment or review on your platform of choice or emailing us at podcast at cyberry.it. From all of us at Cyberry and Delinea, thank you and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the 401 Access Tonight podcast. I'm Joe Carson. I'm the host of the episode, and I'm the Chief Security Scientist Advisory CISO at Delinea, uh, based in Town, Estonia. So I'm really excited about today's episode. So it's been a long time waiting, and I'm really excited to have Ben join me for today's episode. Uh, so we have a special guest, Ben, uh, also known as Nahemsek. And uh, Ben, welcome to the show. And uh, just tell us about yourself, wh- how you get into hacking and, uh, you know, what you, what you enjoy doing and uh, um, some of the yeah. things you, you get up to. Well, thanks for having me. Thank you so much for you know, reaching out and having me on the podcast. Uh, I'm Ben. Most people online know me as Nahamsek. Uh I don't have an official title <laughs> anymore. I don't have a title <laughs> to give you. I make content now and uh, I'm getting into the whole mentorship thing full time. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got into the content creation game uh, right before COVID hit. I think COVID was one of the the things that pushed my career to the next level because of how mm-hmm. much free time I had. And, you know, we were all cooped up in the house <laughs> and everyone was in the house. They wanted content and entertainment and uh, it gave me the platform to do what I want. Um, I got into hacking around uh, when I was uh, not even a teenager, I was a lot younger. It wasn't really, ha- I didn't even know what's hacking, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I have an older brother. I always uh, give him props for it. He had a, you know, it was his computer being the older brother. Uh, he would always put passwords on it. You know, first it was a Windows password. Then it was, uh, you know, you can lock the uh, hardware. And then I just found ways to brute force it at first. And then later on, uh, I would read the documentation of the hardware to see the default passwords <laughs> on it. I still didn't know this is a thing. And then later on, I was just exposed to online chat rooms. Uh, I was about 11 or 12. Then I learned about hacking. People were hacking emails and, you know, sub-7 was mm-hmm. a thing back then. And uh, kind of learned about those kinds of things. And then got into web hosting a little bit. Uh, my web servers got hacked. And then that's mm-hmm. when I took off. I just wanted to learn how to, you know, close off those vulnerabilities and then i was just like no it's more fun to know about the vulnerabilities <laughs> and then uh, i quit you know i became a teenager went to school went to college didn't think there was anything to do with hacking and then bug bounty showed up right. and what, what did you do at college what what did you uh, primarily study at sir i did a lot of uh, so i was in a computer science but i always okay. loved 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 digital marketing so <laughs> i previously becoming a you know, bug bounty hunter a hacker content creator i did a lot of digital mm-hmm. marketing with friends uh, a couple of my friends' businesses, I helped them to get them off, get them off the ground, uh, restaurants, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I just never thought of it anything. And then I got into bug bounties. Uh, and the bug bounty store is a good one. We can talk about it later. But I just, with content creation, it came a time where I could use my digital marketing experience, mix mm-hmm. with hacking, and build something that I've enjoyed doing based on my skills and experiences of the last, you know, 10, 12 years. Yeah. So it sounds very much like Stoke as well. Stoke has a similar, you know, he was very much into the video creation and production and to use that to definitely from, you know, adding that to his his content streaming as well. So, and so from yourself, you know, having knowledge in digital marketing definitely really helps getting the visibility for sure. Because for me, I think one of the great things, one of the reasons, you know, I definitely want to have you on the show 
is that there's a whole, I come from the old school content creation, you know, blogs yeah. and uh, speaking and, you know, the, the, the old kind of, kind of old retro style. Um, and uh, I'm fascinated with the whole new kind of evolution that we're having of streamers and, mm-hmm. you know, those who's, I even think it's going to turn into an esports at some point. I even do see the hacking esports happening and starting to build up. Um, yeah. So for me, I, I think we definitely need new ideas and new ways to get the information across to everybody to really help you know educate and provide knowledge. So when I look at what you're you know what you're doing, what Stokes doing, um, Ipsec, um, yeah. you know, amazing, uh, and John Hammond, I think all of that is fantastic. Uh, in regards to really changing how we get information out there uh, because it's so important. Yeah. And then, you know, with the, the, the streaming was a new thing for me when I got into streaming, it's <laughs> how do you stream hacking? Right. And then figuring that out was a big game changer with bug bounties. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I think there's still value in writing vlogs, what you call the old school way, the retro yeah. way. I think uh, I did a poll a while ago on Twitter and I asked like, would you rather read a write up or would you rather listen and watch? And everyone wanted to read it because you digest those technical content better when it's mm-hmm. written versus when it's uh, visual. But yeah, I mean, it's each of them are a different target audience. But at the end of the yeah. day, yeah, you're absolutely right. The, the digital marketing was a big part of it. I don't have any video editing experience. I have someone that edits my videos, mm-hmm. made my life easier. But just being able to say those years of digital marketing didn't go to waste and I can use that experience to build myself a brand, uh, build a community, build something that people want to be a part of was a huge plus. And it didn't click until, you know, later, a couple of years ago when I was like, holy crap, like the stuff that I used to do is being really valuable to me right now. That's fantastic. And so one, one of the things you, you, you started off getting into bug bounty, is that where you started switching into and kind of taking that path? Because you wrote a lot of CVEs as well. You wrote a lot of vulnerabilities. Um, yeah. How did all of that start? What was, um, what was the motivation? What was the challenges? And how did you kind of start into that path of bug bounty? The bug bounty thing was by accident, I want to call it. Uh, it was a, it's, so I had a friend, um, I'm not even a, you know, someone that I knew through school. Uh, he pretty much said, Hey, uh, why don't you go look into bug? Bounty? Oh no. First he said, why don't you get make money from hacking? And I was like, well, dude, that's illegal. Like, I'm not, you know, it's, it's not easy to do that, especially my background. And he's like, no, no, no. Like go look up bug bounty. And I think back then was Google, Facebook, and Yahoo was just getting out of the whole um, mm-hmm. thing about like $12 gift cards or whatever it was that there were t-shirts, they were attacking them about it. And I was like, oh, I, I used to, you know, as a kid, um, I used Yahoo Messenger a lot. Yahoo services were really like the thing that we used. It's like, I can bet you I can find vulnerabilities on Yahoo. That shouldn't be a problem. So mm-hmm. I pretty much uh, said screw it with school. I didn't show up for classes. I pretty much started, I had to deal with most of my professors when I was like, I will show up for your quiz. I will show up for mm-hmm. your test. You let me get by however I want. Mm-hmm. Not, obviously, it wasn't the way, that's not how it worked. But <laughs> the gist of it was, I will show I will pass the course without coming to your class. My deal was, I would go to YouTube the, the mm-hmm. week before finals and midterms, learn everything and skip class so I can hack. Or I would go to class and have my laptop open, just hacking on Yahoo, running scans and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, uh, I found bug bounties and, uh, I just dedicated pretty much everything to it. And I went on probation eventually at school when they were like, hey, get it together or we're going to kick you out. Mm-hmm. And it was either get you know booted, 
leave school, not finish my degree and go pursue bug bounties or, you know, really get it together and finish school and just get it out of the way. Because mm -hmm. at the time I was also an intern at HackerOne and they really wanted me to go work for them full time. So I said, <laughs> okay, like last year, give it all you got, 16, 17 units a semester, get it out of the way. I uh, got out of the way. And um, once that was on, you know, I was gone. Mm -hmm. I told myself I could do it now or never. And I pretty much dedicated the next couple of years to bug bounties. I learned as much as I could and I gave back as much as I could because, that, you know, if it wasn't for the write-ups and the blog posts that were out there, I wouldn't have a career. Yeah, absolutely. I think from what I'm hearing is it was perfect timing for what you were passionate about. And also, I mean, around the 2012, 2013 time, that was all around when it was getting into responsible disclosure. And that's, of course, when Katie and Casey and everyone was all trying to get these large organizations to work with the hacking community in order to make sure that there's a way that they can actually get, uh, you know, early disclosures about vulnerabilities and have a mechanism. So it sounds like it's like perfect timing for your passion and, and also uh, being able to make a career, a career out of it. Um, so that sounds like, you know, the timing was right at that point. Um, so what kind of, what, is there a specific area that you, fo you focus on web application bug bounties? Is that kind of, is there anything that you expanded to or is that kind of the area that you prefer to do? It is mostly web applications. You can you can throw the fancy keywords of like attack surface management for recon, <laughs> but honestly, like recon and bug bounty are the two things that I mostly mm -hmm. work on. They go hand in hand, right? If I want to find more applications to hack on, I need to do some recon and find more assets. If people aren't familiar with recon, reconnaissance it's just like you're in the army. You look for different areas that your enemy owns, which the companies mm -hmm. aren't my enemy, but the target is a company. You know what other applications we have online uh, so i do reconnaissance a lot and um yeah web is a big part of it just because mm -hmm. i think um with how today's society is online everything is a website now you know no longer everything's a website or an api <laughs> everything is handled through a website and api exactly yeah. it's not people aren't manually saving things in a database you know, it's, everything's online. You want to sign up for your whatever. You have to do it online. You want to go, even some restaurants now. They don't take your orders. You have to do it online, right? You have to. They, there's, you, there's no menus anymore in restaurants. You have to. There's a QR code yeah, on the table. You have to scan exactly. it in order to get the menu. Um, and you well, might like, do the order in person. You have to actually order it um, or even book. So everything becomes everything becomes a QR code or a URL or an API call and. Uh, or application integrations, um, and you you know you do have to do very little in regards to actually read something or, or talk to the uh, um, the person at the restaurant. Yeah, and I mean, with the other thing is like this is not an attack on red teamers. This is not mm -hmm. me arguing with red teamers. What you do is completely valuable. I'm not this missing it in any way, but I don't need phishing as much anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't need to be on a local network to be able to get into a company's infrastructure. You do in a lot of cases, right? Like if you want to, um, if you want to hack in a company, phishing is a big part of it. But mm -hmm. you also don't have to rely on those things anymore because everything is online, right? You can Everything's publicly facing. <laughs> There's yeah, you can, you, can, you can find server-side vulnerabilities that give you the same access as being in, in a network, but the same way you can get someone's credentials, bypass mm -hmm. MFA of some sort, and get into the internal network, right? You have those two, but I get to do it from the leisure of my house without spamming anybody. Which mm -hmm. you have to go drop, you know, USB sticks, go, to, you know, steal a badge or whatever that is, right? Mm -hmm. Again, this is not. I'm not saying you shouldn't do those things for your company security. I'm just saying my work is: can I get into this company like most of the adversaries do from mm -hmm. other parts of the world? Uh, and I can do that with bug bounties. And 
that's partially why I've done a lot of web. I can do a lot of active directory stuff. I can, mm-hmm. I can do some network uh, internals, but web is pretty much the thing that I realize is the most fun. Okay. And so going back, one of the things you mentioned, which I think is important is that when we talk about kind of the old school blogs, because it is mm-hmm. that kind of step-by-step process and you're, you're reading and following it through instructions. Um, just like, you know, I would have done and, and you would have done with the manuals of the, you know, the hardware you're going through and it gives you the instructions. Um, I think the big difference between then and streaming is that, yes, I can, you know, in the, the online, you know, blog, I can go through step-by-step in my own time and the streaming, you have to stop and start sometimes. If you're watching it live, you have the kind of, uh, but I think the difference is you're getting to understand the mindset, you're understanding the thought process. Yeah. And I think one of the big changes for me, I remember um, even you know uh, the, when the pandemic started, uh, which is one of the reasons why we even started this podcast as well, because I wanted to keep communicating because I'm based in Estonia and yeah. not in somewhere where it's easy to get to, to the hacking community. Um, and the community, hacking community here is quite small, uh, surprisingly, even though Estonia is here. A lot of history and security, um, but one of the things I, I find it was uh, it was KernelCon um, a few years ago when I, they did their conference online, and the conference that they did was impressive because they had different basically hackers. They gave them different tasks, and they had you had basically they had to do a task, and you got to see their thought process. You got yeah. to see when they're looking at challenges, and it was the first time they're seeing it. You got to see about what they were thinking about and listening to that. And I think that's one of the biggest things because you start getting into the mindset. You start getting into when you see something, what is it telling you? Um, so well, that's where I got fascinated. I think one of the ones where I think it was when Stoke uh, met up with you when you were doing the lift one, I think. Yeah. Hacking it. And I was I remember watching that a while back. And I was like, wow, that's fascinating. Um, you know, just kind of the mindset and thinking about it. So how, how do you think about that side of things where you're starting to, you know, get into understanding about when you see something, what does it mean? And listening to the thought process. I think that's where the streaming part becomes really valuable, especially when you listen to streamers like yourself and Ipsec and, yeah. and, and um, John, you start kind of getting into what you're thinking about when you see something. To be honest, when I first started streaming, I didn't even think about the outcome for others. It was just mm-hmm. more of an entertainment for me. Are people seeing me get into <laughs> You know, people getting seeing me frustrated when I do a CTF. Uh, I was looking at some of my old videos, you know, people telling me you're going to struggle and me like finding a solution within a few seconds and like clapping back at him like you were in a video game, right? (laughs) But then it wasn't until like later on when I have more and more people come on the show because I do interviews, you know, (laughs) and people were telling me like you are doing something where people get to look over your shoulder and gain experience, even though I'm not looking at, you know, even when I wasn't finding vulnerabilities, I was calling out why I was looking at something why I did something specifically that that way or how I, you know, I ended up where I was. And then later on, uh, I don't want to name any, drop any names, but there's a hacker that used to watch my streams would DM me a lot. And I would always miss their DMs. And mm-hmm. he's the top hacker on the platform now on, on uh, Hacker Warner Buck Crowd. And uh, I went to message him and I was like, holy crap, like I follow this guy. I have all these messages from him from when he used to watch my streams. And it just blew my mind to understand like, to me, you know, there's been the times when I want to delete those Twitch accounts because I didn't see any positive outcome because I'm just doing these for fun, right? But then yeah. I see these messages and I go, holy crap, like somebody actually took these things that I was ranting about and built some automation with it or is mm-hmm. applying it to their bug bounty and making a name and money out of it. And those were the things that really blew my mind. And I was like, holy crap, there is value in people wanting to watch over you. 
because you don't, you know, a, a stream is supposed to be more entertaining than educational because yeah. that's what most of Twitch is, right? Twitch sells you the entertainment. You know, you have people like Dr. Disrespect who is just a complete mm-hmm. character, not even real. Yeah. <laughs> they, they're just different characters in this entertainment and I want to do the entertainment and then it turned out different. Yeah, I did find it when I, when you, you know, even earlier, when, you know, a lot of the, the Twitch streams, even like Heath Adams and uh, others that were kind of doing all of those kind of streams. And sometimes there was there was a part of it was entertaining. It was it was yeah. you know when you include it with Discord and you include it with the communication and people are interacting. Um, there's an entertainment aspect of it. Um, but I, the things and what I what I prefer is when you're doing the live streams is you get to see a lot of the mistakes as well. And yeah. a lot of when you go into the rabbit holes. I mean, I even when I'm doing capture the flag, I get stuck in rabbit holes and I'm head my head is against the table, just going pulling my hair out, going, "What do I need to do next?" Yeah. I remember doing one and hack the box. And, uh, you know, certain, I'm, I'm pretty okay in the privilege elevation escalation side of things, but a web application, I suck. <laughs> we really, on the website and getting that initial access, I remember doing a box uh, on Hack the Box, which was, uh, it was a server-side template injection, and I was just pulling my hair up. I just was getting struggling. Yeah. I was going into every single rabbit hole. Um, and one of the things, I reached out to someone, a friend of mine, who was, who was good in that area, and basically he was just giving me pointers about, you need to look at this. And yeah. I think that's one of the things is that I, I think that we definitely need, um, when I see a lot of streams, I would, prefer, you know, I think John was even uh, talking on social media recently about he had a, a bunch of videos that had him doing a lot of frustration in rabbit holes mm-hmm. and he was questioning whether to release them or not. And I think absolutely, because it's important that we see when you do go down rabbit holes, how you can get stuck and lost. And it's about yeah. finding the time when you can come back out of it again. When you find, you know, okay, I, I'm not getting any further. When's the right moment in time that I need to stop, come back, look at the bigger picture, and move on? Um, so for me, I think you know some of the things that when I'm watching uh, yourself and and uh, Jason and doing a lot of the live streams, I find that very, very. I mean, there is the entertainment aspect, but I think looking at when you're doing the rabbit holes and you're getting stuck, that's the most educational part of it because that's where we all that's when we all get stuck and we want to find when's the right time. To, to go back and take a look at the you know the initial findings, or go back and take a look at the bigger picture, um, because that's where we all get that's what we all get struggle on, is when we get lost, and it's about you know how do we find it again, you know get get, get back on track. Yeah, the thing with um, with streaming specifically was one of the best things and worst things that could have mm-hmm. happened to me from my career perspective. <laughs> the worst thing was a lot of people saw how inefficient I was. I was doing mm-hmm. a lot of things you know in a very manual way. I tend to stay away from tools. Um, mm. I don't know, like how I use some commands. And, you know, people had this like super hacker, you know, <laughs> view of me where like they, they thought I would do all these like cool things. And I was like, no, I'm sitting here on a stream with Googling the most basic things. And, and I'll get to that in a bit. And the best thing about it was it made me more efficient because people in my chat who were sysadmins or they were, you know, developers or would give me pointers on how to do this faster uh, better mm-hmm. command ways of doing like things that I was doing and, and so on. So that was the worst and the best case. But going back to what you said about showing those rabbit holes, me Googling things was one of the things that made it okay for people to feel comfortable about not knowing things. Mm-hmm. You know, here I am uh, a top whatever hacker on uh, whatever platform. Yeah. I'm sitting here Googling, how do I look up <laughs> X? There was a time, I, I swear, there was a time when I, I was writing a really quick bash script and I messed up a loop. And mm-hmm. I was just like Googling on stream how to do a loop and bash. I was like, oh, I'm missing like a semicolon for my 
if statement, right? And I'm like, holy crap. Like, and people are just dying laughing at it. And I'm like, that's the reality of it. No one's going to come out on Twitter and say, I still look up commands, right? I'm, t- I'm looking at manual for, you know, the set command sometimes. People don't say that. I, I, I mean, I've been doing this for a long time. And I even get to the point where I'm on a Windows box and I'm going, is it net local group or is it net local groups? And I always, mm-hmm. <laughs> even today, yeah. and, I, and it's about, I do so many typos as well. Because uh, yeah. I'm, you know, even my typing, I try to type fast, but I end up doing typos, missing a colon, missing, <laughs> using single quotes versus double quotes. And my mind is always thinking about it. And, and I, I take a lot of notes. I document yeah. everything as much as possible because I can't remember everything. And when I come up against mm-hmm. something again, maybe, um, so, you know, absolutely, we all will do typos. We'll all make mistakes. And um, we'll all have to Google something at some point in time just to remember what the right syntax is. Because right now, you know, syntax for different platforms, different tools, different commands, they are very similar, but they have slightly differences. And sometimes we get kind of overlapping. Um, so for, one thing I'm interested, interested you know, I, have to, I absolutely love doing the manual method because I learn, I learn first and then later I might kind of switch to the automated tools um, because I, I want to learn first. Um, so do you, are you still doing the manual method all the time or are you switching to automated tools back and forward? Um, what's kind of, because I think definitely manual is, it is slower, but right. it definitely teaches you a lot more. Depends on what. So the tedious tasks of like, so let's say if I'm um, running a task more than three to five times a day, mm-hmm. right? I'm running a task that relies on different bunch of commands, tools, I automate those. But exploitation of itself, if I'm exploiting vulnerabilities, zero automation is what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Unless it's a commonly known vuln, like a CVE or something like that, yeah. then I'll have it automated. But I'm not running a script saying type in site.com this is a, the, the yeah. image that people have. It's like top hackers are typing <laughs> in site.com. It's like this command runs out and does this will not be this time. It's not like that, man. It's not. This reality is not that. I spend three hours going down rabbit holes mm. of realizing, like I'll give an example of a recent one. I sat there for like an hour or so trying to get API information out of this API. It turns out, guess what? I don't have to brute force anything. The leading slash was the reason why. You know, I, all I had to do was take that out, and I was dumping all the. It was API slash users, but the leading right. slash was screwing everything up for me. The training, well, not the, the, the training slash. Yeah, the training slashes at the end, me, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I, after an hour, I accidentally removed it, and it dumps the list of all the users. <laughs> I didn't have to automate that, right? I, you can probably automate that, but it's just I get to do manually. I've enjoyed the process of doing things manually, and I rely on tools for enumeration that kind of thing that's mm-hmm. very tedious and very time consuming i rely on tools but even then i've i went through a period of my life when i wanted to learn how to code and i don't know how to code at all to be honest like no, i want to do that understand then I, what i mean i don't know how to code no. at all i mean i really don't like i can do bash i could do some mm-hmm. python some ruby but i can't write a lot of scripts i can just you know use bash you, to automate but, things but you, i mean you did you, you mentioned you did a lot of web uh, kind of hosting um, so you're probably right. html i'm assuming yeah uh, right but i'm saying like i can't yeah. write co- so i went through a phase when i wanted to learn how to code so i was re yeah writing scripts like how to enumerate subdomains for example or okay how to enumerate you know f- folders and that kind of things not because i wanted to be the next person that created those tools mm-hmm. but it was to understand why these tools work so when i do use them and i publish i mean their code is absolutely garbage i should yeah. probably remove my github but it was to show <laughs> that 
I wanted to understand how do I, why do these things work? How do they work? So I understand what they're doing before I rely on them. And that's the one thing that I recommend to everybody. Absolutely. I, mean, I, th- I want to make it clear to the audience is that, you know, one thing is to, to become a hacker and become a good hacker is you, you don't need certifications. That's basically, you know, it's something that I know some of the, you know, the top people in the field and those who even started in this industry didn't have certifications. And the second one is I have none. You, you don't need to be a, a developer or programmer. Um, I, I myself, I'm the same. So I, I started off, um, I, I know some code, um, but today my usage of, of programming and coding is to read and understand what it's doing. Uh, I'm not the best at creating, but I have enough skills to read. Um, I, I started off, I was doing, I was a Cobalt programmer back at university and one of my first jobs was Cobalt programming. Um, and today, I mean, I, I did Perl. I honestly, I've, yeah. I've tried. I tried converting recently to to writing more Python as well, uh, yeah. but I suck at coding. Uh, but at least the good thing is that you don't need to be a developer to be a hacker. What you need to be able at some point in time is be able to read and understand what some of the things is doing to to a certain point. Uh, but absolutely, you don't need to be a, a cert- certified hacker. You don't need to be a certified programmer to hack. Um, you just need to understand enough. <laughs> you need a, a computer and an inter- internet connection. That's what yeah. you need, and access to to your content. <laughs> That's you know. Yeah, if, I mean, if, if you can read, them, I mean, I don't, I don't have any certifications myself. I have zero. I've uh, I want to take the OSCP at some point just to say I did it mm-hmm. if I can get it actually. But um, on the topic of coding, you don't need to know how to code, but if you don't know you know, HTML much or JavaScript, you yeah. can't really figure out what a cross-site scripting is because it doesn't make sense to you. You can copy paste payloads, but it's gonna it's not gonna scale, right? I tell people learn at least 10 to 20% of the basics, you know, of yeah. all the, they're all the same, right? The 10, 20% is almost the same. It's the same concept of mm-hmm. loops, you know, the same functions, yeah. everything is almost the same. But then understanding how, you know, if you want to become a web hacker, my recommendation is understand what goes behind a website for it to work. You know, for my yeah. case of a web hacker, understand what HTTP headers are, understand what a port is, understand how mm-hmm. uh, SSL search work to a certain degree, understand um you know get post you know head requests yeah. uh the what happens and how does an engine you know how does apache work how's things being served mm-hmm. to you those understandings uh are things that you should know but for me it was just either you have to understand those things or you have to do what i did spend enormous amount of time not understanding them and then googling mm-hmm. everything <laughs> i would literally google everything why is this working the way it is or you know right. how do i spin up this so how much that. how much time do you spend learning because that's I, I think when i'm looking at my job and that i do i mean a large portion of the time is just continuous learning it never stops uh, and i mean i could spend all day just consuming and learning information um but you know what about yourself i mean how much time are you dedicating to to continuous learning and developing your own skills and um and you know what what are your focus are you working on now what's what's the uh right now i don't do enough um i don't have enough time unfortunately to do a lot but i just actually uh funny enough like you know now that i have doing content full time. I made a joke to my friends like, hey, I don't have a job. I'm an entrepreneur. It's completely <laughs> a joke. Uh, I have a lot of time and there's a lot of things that I want to build. So I signed up for one of these platforms that teach you how to do full stack engineering. I'm not going to become a full stack developer, but it's just I want to build some things that I want to build on my own, some web mm-hmm. apps, some you know labs that's going to help me get there. And so now I that I'm that I'm having time, I'm dedicating you know a Monday or Tuesday when I learn things mm-hmm. or a couple hours a day when I learn new things. Uh, so that's my focus right now. I want to really get better at uh, developing my own apps. 
But mm-hmm. also the other thing that I wanted to do is I'm doing a lot of a tax office management stuff just because it's mm-hmm. becoming a very big part of um, today's security, right? And um, I want to get better at it and I have some expertise mm-hmm. there, but I'm learning more and more things. So I'm playing with a lot of DNS stuff. I uh, hope I can get some content out for it. But yeah, I'm going back to learning more and more just because I feel like for the past year and a half to two hours, I became a content creator and a trainer where I neglected my learning uh, right. days where, or, you know, my journey as a someone I was continuously learning. And now I'm going back to, I have to have a balance of like learning these things and applying them because especially with hacking, it's, it's a never ending journey. Yep. You cannot say, I know everything right now. There's new techniques, new vulnerabilities, new things that come out every yeah. day. Absolutely spot on. We, we can never be experts in everything. I mean, this is such a broad industry that, there's so many different specialty, you know, fields, you know, whether it being cryptography and getting into certificates, getting into malware reverse engineering to social engineering. This is such a broad industry that um, what I, what I, the way I see it is I need to surround myself with really smarter people than me uh, in those areas. And I go to them for help. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, I think what I am impressed about what you've done is you have the ability to bring the community together. Um, and I think that's what's really important is, is that not just in, in the bug bounty community, but also just bringing hackers together and, and working together. Um, can you tell me a bit about, you know, how, how challenging is it, to, you know, especially during the pandemic, uh, to, to build communities, to bring people together? Uh, because I think, you know, um, I think that's one of the most important things we need to keep doing. And we need to find ways to, you know, at least connect people with certain skills together to others. So whether it being mentoring, whether it yeah. being, um, you know, helping point them in the right direction or um, helping, you know, teach them something new. Um, so how, how important is the community to you? The community itself is very, I think, if you're not a part of the community, it's just going to make it harder to learn things, mm-hmm. uh, especially with our community, with like hacking, everyone's very open to share things. There is the, there is a select people that are elitist, so they don't want to share it completely fine. You don't, yeah. You're not required to share. But I think the biggest thing for me is just, um, especially when I came in early on, it was just feeling that I wanted to belong to something, mm-hmm. right? I, I wanted to feel like I was a part of something. And that's partially why I was doing the write-ups that I was doing. That was partially why I was disclosing bugs that I found. That's why I got on Twitter. But honestly, building a community didn't happen like as a thing for me. I didn't plan on building something. It's just um, the way I explain to people is when I, when I joined Bug Bounties and there wasn't a lot of resources on web hacking. There was, there were write-ups. There was the, you know, uh, damn vulnerable web app and Metasploitable, but there wasn't people telling you, this is how I did it. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of people saying, this is how I found this bug because it's about money, right? Everyone's making money. They don't want to, they don't want to give away their secrets. I had a hacker. I was like, why are you telling everybody how you do all these things? You're just going to make competition for yourself. And I was just Mm -hmm. like, who cares? Like, I understand the money aspect of it. I want to make money, but at the same time, I want to give back to people that were helping me at some point and I want to mm-hmm. pay it forward to the same people by publishing some of the work I've done. Uh, so for me, it was just more of a, a feeling like I was a part of something and B who did I wish was out there when I was first getting into <laughs> bug bounty and hacking? Could I be that person for a couple of people? Can I help them learn from me by showing them my experience, sharing my expertise and, you know, the things that I've learned, I don't want to say expertise, but things that I've learned the past seven, eight years and see if I can make a difference. Absolutely. You know, that, I think that's that's critical. And one of the things that you did recently, you had Nahum, Nahum uh, set conference this year. 
Uh, how how <laughs> was that your first conference that you put together by yourself, or was that uh, something that you've been doing for a while? Um, and so how, Nahum how Khan, difficult, yeah, yeah Nahum Khan, This is the fourth year we're actually doing okay. one on December seventeenth for Europe. We're doing two a year now. Uh, that also happened because of the pandemic. So me, uh, the cyber mentor uh, Stoke and John Hammond got together, and we we're going to host a virtual conference. Uh, right before the pandemic and we didn't know the pandemic was going to happen but we, we were just planning on it. so the way it worked was me and heath were partnering together to do something for a ch- charity okay. uh, for lls leukemia lymphoma society mm-hmm. and and the, and the pandemic ended up happening it kind of fell apart but we had this event planned virtually for people to donate and then when the pandemic happened we were already you know it was the first week of the pandemic and our confidence was accidentally set for that day we had no knowledge of the pandemic happening mm-hmm. so we got lucky that everybody was stuck at home and we had about 3,000 people come up and Whoa. watch the stream, uh, Google, Amazon, um, a bunch of big companies sponsored it. And we raised mm-hmm. $55,000. I was all donated to LLS. The that's Society. impressive. And that's that's why it's always, you know, one thing is uh, not only can, can we share knowledge, but we can also do good for the people who need it as well. That's impressive. So, right. yeah, that when that happened, I was like, holy crap, like. There is something here. My whole thing is I have nothing against conferences. I love going to conferences. I love BSF. Besides SF, I like Portland's B-side, uh, Shellcon. Um, I got to think of a few more. Uh, KernelCon was a really good Kernel one. Kernelcon, yeah. Too. It's been impressive. Yeah. Uh, Absec Cali, Absec Global, mm-hmm. Absec DC, 44Con, you name it. I, I love conferences. Like I love going to speaking at these conferences. But when I go to these conferences, it's such a broad thing right like mm-hmm. you have people talking about blue team red team uh sock all these different things i want to just learn how to hack things i want to hack yeah. i want to offensive security how do i hack into a website how do i find x y and z that's going to help me as an offensive mm-hmm. web security engineer whatever you want in the title right yeah. so i created nahamcon there's a reason why we don't have a cfp for nahamcon i look at what the research has been done throughout the year mm-hmm. and i reach out and say hey i love this research i love this blog post you did i love this talk mm-hmm. Do you want to come and talk about it at NahamCon? Um, if you go on Twitter right now, there's a, there's two people that are that just released stuff at uh, in Europe. I literally wrote on the bottom of their tweet that says, "Hey, do you want to come present this at NahamCon publicly?" I have no shame in doing mm-hmm. that. And they said yes. They reached out. And they they want to come and do it at NahamCon. So it's just more of a what do I want out of a conference? I'm sure I'm not the only person that wants a focused you know conference on web hacking, yeah. and uh, that's how NahamCon was created. And it's my way of also giving back to the community. We don't charge our attendees at mm-hmm. all. It's completely free. It's on Twitch. You can join, watch. You don't have yeah. to be following us. You don't have to be a subscriber. We'll definitely, it's we'll definitely make sure we get all of the. So make sure we get all the links. We can add them to the show notes. So absolutely uh, for the audience as well. You know, because definitely, I'm pretty sure there's a large part of the audience will will definitely want to attend. Yeah, but I mean, we don't, we don't charge people. Yeah. We, we we have sponsors that pay us, help us pay for mm-hmm. it, and we give a large portion of it back. We gave away um, at PWK with Cali by mm-hmm. offensive security vouchers. We give Pentester Lab vouchers. We're going to have book vouchers we give away. It's most of it. We get these and then we give them back and we put money into our CTF. Uh, mm-hmm. John Hammond, God bless us. God bless that guy, man. He's, <laughs> he is one of the key players in the HomCon and I reach mm-hmm. out to him very randomly. Hey, do you want to do a CTF? Yep. We put it together. I think last year we gave $5,000 in prizes to our CTF, mm-hmm. which is one of the higher ends of it if you look. Um, and John gets very creative with his CTFs. So it's just more of a, the two people that love the community, mm-hmm. we you know being Heath, one of them, or Stoke yeah. being one of them, they join me every time. Mm-hmm. And then John loves in the similar things. We all come together. What don't we like about other conferences that we've been in the past? We avoided, 
what do we like about conference that we go to we bring those on and every year we experiment with something new um from villages to you name it we have done something really different every time and it's been something that i've really enjoyed doing that's fantastic i mean that i think that's what we all enjoy doing is when we we, we get the things that we like at conferences and the things we don't like and then we try to bring them you know into the new generation and definitely I mean, that's how defcon started was you know with uh, um you know it was the evolution of black hat <laughs> ultimately it was, it was the next step into really getting where we can actually really share um, our knowledge in, in a different kind of you know, audience and, and be part of a village, be part of a community. So um, question though, wh- where did the Nahum uh, come from? What was, what was the background? So that is something <laughs> I've never discussed. Everyone's trying to figure it out. I don't think every podcast I go on, they ask me the same question. It's something that's going to always stay a mystery. It has no meaning to anybody. It's not a real word. It's something that means something to me. It's a, it's a combination of things as a, as family, childhood mm-hmm. things that I put together it has zero meaning. <laughs> I've had people tell me like they looked up in a dictionary trying to figure out what it means. Different languages, and I'm like, trying to decipher it. <laughs> no, I think it's really cool. It's definitely memorable, um, and it makes it's it's very unique. Uh, so, um, it, you know, you definitely got got a, it's it's something that uh, people completely matched to you <laughs> so for sure it doesn't make any i don't honestly i, I was sitting there I was like i needed something that had a meaning to me mm-hmm. and there's a piece of my childhood that came into it and another piece of the family thing that came into it mm-hmm. and then i was just like i'm gonna be in security just slap a sec at the end of it <laughs> uh and it, you know now that like it's a you know i'm doing branding stuff and content stuff it's too late to rebrand so i've stuck to it and Nahamcon, it was just uh, so the first conference we did was VersetCon, virtual security conference. Yeah. Very, very creative, right? And then <laughs> uh, it worked. But then we were like, okay, I, I sat here with my team and I was like, what do I call this thing? And we couldn't come up. I didn't like any of the names. I was just like, yeah. I'm going to call it Nahamcon. And then I felt really like weird about having my own name as a conference. <laughs> then I see things like Gary, uh, it was a VCon for Gary V and other people doing similar things. So I'm like, I'm not that big of a content creator, but it's normal to create something and nap, you know, name it after myself. But I've also stepped out of the home con. I'm no longer the host even, you know, it's less about mm-hmm. because my name's on it. Um, you know, this year is being hosted by Farah Hawa and uh, Institute mm-hmm. PhD. Uh, last year was hosted by Stoke and Jason Haddix. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm phasing myself out as a host and then being an organizer and focusing on the community aspects yeah. of bringing people together more than anything. No, that's 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 so was important because I I know the pain. I remember, you know, I, I've been host for a lot of events and the the time consuming into it, and it takes your focus away from the things you want to be doing, which is around the you know, um, the part of it where you want to be, you know, keeping it to what you wanted to be. Um, yeah. And if you're spending time hosting and organizing and planning, that's a lot of time that uh, you know, somebody else can be doing for sure. So what's what's next yeah. on the charts? What what's your plan for you know? I understand you're going to be doing a lot more mentoring um, then, and uh, uh, what's what's next for you, for the plans uh, that you're going to be doing? My next thing is uh, actually yeah. making this whole take you know taking my brand on you know the yeah. actual like next level, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, I've taken a step back from you know I, I went from an intern to doing some director work at mm-hmm. a company, now became a VP at the next one, uh, and I realized like the nine to five was a great place for me to learn all the experience that i wanted combining with my last experience with like digital marketing and now mm-hmm. it's like dumping all that into my own brand and company i don't know where it's gonna go i want to do a lot of um, content obviously i have mm-hmm. my course that i want to kind of uh, update and do more teaching and then getting into actually helping others uh get into infosec get their first job 
mm-hmm. have an impact on you know the community a little bit more. I, I don't know. This is week one as we speak uh, <laughs> of me being on my own for my own brand, but uh, hopefully you know I can start doing some consultancy and mm-hmm. uh, doing some work of my own and seeing where it goes. No, absolutely. I think it's. I, I think you you have the definitely the creativity and the knowledge and the passion to to really you know. I think there's there's very few people that does what you do, and yeah. you're changing the community. You're changing the way that we learn. You're changing the way that we all come together, and I think it's great. I think uh, for for me, I, I think that's definitely the way forward. And um, you know, even. Even I remember early this year, um, I was really happy to see I, I was at uh, RSA. And during RSA, there's the cybersecurity bloggers meetup. Yeah. And I, I was like, you know, it was still it's still bloggers who was going to it. And I was so happy that they are now evolving that uh, I think it was uh, uh, I, I invited uh, John across and, and Jason came along and we were all. I was all there. The, I don't I was there, actually, I was there. Yeah. And I was so happy that yeah. they we're actually talking about changing the format. There's no longer, it's about content and creativity and innovation. Yeah, yeah. And they're now opening it up. And so for me, that was an exciting, I think that was, I think that was a pinnacle moment of the, you know, where that old school, new school was, was now going to the next level. Um, yeah. So when Jennifer got up and she was talking about that whole new change in idea, um, and especially when a lot of people who's, you know, <laughs> before we missed each other, we were there at the same time. <laughs> so, cause I was, I've got some great photographs of me, John and Bruce, uh, at the event as well. Yeah, yeah, all yeah. Together, cause I just, I, I met Bruce the week before cause he was in Tallinn and we were chatting at the airport. Um, and then he literally went home and met up again at the bloggers award. Um, but I think definitely, I think this is the new, you know, is where we can take, I, I would really want more people to kind of work together and do a lot of more live events because i think that's where the future is especially for hacking um ben it's been awesome having you on uh it was awesome chatting with you any things that you want you know for for those who's watching who who's wanting to also get into this um you know and do streaming or do you know getting into speaking and getting into uh either want to become a mentor or get mentored any recommendations you have uh, for the next generation or, or even those who's, who's been in the industry for a long time? I'm just looking for something new to get into, uh, to learn. Yeah, for people that want to get into the, you know, the whole content creation thing, mm-hmm. honestly, it sounds very generic or cheesy. Just do it, <laughs> honestly. Just um, get up there and don't let the little minor details get in the way. Uh, if you look at my mm-hmm. early streams, it's just me in an empty room pretty much with a webcam and like an old laptop that I had, I was just streaming on. Uh, it doesn't matter. If people want to get some value, we're going to show up and, you know, learn from you. As long as you're giving value and you're giving back, mm-hmm. I think people are going to see that and want to be a part of it. And people that want to get mentorship, want to get in, get started, it's also the mm-hmm. same thing. You have to get the experience. You got to stop learning at some point and start executing and using those things that you have learned. Uh, there's nothing wrong with asking people questions, but the mm-hmm. one thing that I ask is, I get a lot of haze and yo and hi DMs with no context. Uh, <laughs> if you're going to ask a question, remember the first thing I see is the preview of the message, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, I want to ask you about X. Hey, I saw you done Y. I want to ask you about it. Get that person's, you know, people, I get a lot of DMs. I filter them and try to answer as much as I can. But that mm-hmm. opening statement that you have is your chance to get that person to so to go, oh, this person's asking me a real question versus, hey, can you help me with, and then I open it to hack my ex-boyfriend's account. Or hack my ex. <laughs> That's when you have to be very, very good at making it clear yeah. that, hey, you know, I've tried X, Y, and Z, but I'm really stuck on doing this, and can you give me a pointer 
uh, really ask the right questions. So people want to help you. Help me help you is the way I could put it. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, lot of resources. I'm not going to get into them. They're, mm-hmm. they're online. Go look for them. Uh, you know, there's a lot of platforms that you can learn from. But yeah, at the end of the day, it's just um, you get out what you put in and you just got to put in the work. Yeah, you got to, you got to, you definitely got to put in the work because it is something, it takes a lot of time and, and a lot of commitment. And I think definitely at some point in time, you have to jump in, you have to take that leap as well. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, you got to, you got to try it and, and, and just get started, you know. So, yep. Ben, it's been awesome having you on. Uh, we'll definitely make sure that uh, for the audience, um, that we'll definitely get all the links to make sure that uh, they know how to contact you and um, to uh, all of your content and your streams and so forth. So, I'm pretty sure that they'll be really excited to, to learn more from you. It's been awesome. I've been, I've learned a lot as well. It's been great connecting because it looks like we've been in a lot of the same places just from each other for <laughs> by, by minutes or by uh, just being at the wrong side of the room. Um, but definitely looking forward to next time uh, we'll get, get some time to catch up and have a good chat. Um, and I'd love to come on one of your streams as well at some point. So uh, we can do some, some live recon at some point as well. Um, okay. you know, even though my rusty pearl and cobalt skills, if you ever, if you ever have a cobalt problem, <laughs> I will let you know. <laughs> so, uh, but it's yeah. been awesome. Um, so again, uh, Thank you for coming on uh, for the audience. I hopefully this has been valuable for you. And I definitely think, you know, really, you know, getting into contents, you know, learning new ideas, you know, being a fly on the wall, watching over somebody's shoulder and learning is definitely, it's a great way. And never be afraid to ask questions. That's, I think, one of the key takeaways is that, you know, never be afraid to, you know, Google is, is something you're going to use. <laughs> um, you're going to forget things. So take notes, uh, write things down. And don't be afraid to reach out. Don't think that we become experts of everything. Um, just make sure you surround yourself with a great, knowledgeable community who's always willing to help. So uh, tune in every two weeks to the 401 Access Denied. Um, ben, uh, Neham Sek, uh, it's been awesome. Take care and stay safe. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Learn how your team can get a free trial of Cybrary for Business by going to www.cybrary.it slash business. This podcast is also brought to you by Delinea. Dicotic and Centrify are now Delinea, the leader in privileged access management. To learn more, visit delinea.com.